Welcome to the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome into the family room. As you just heard, my name is Mari, and I'm here with my co-host, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey, Mari. How are you? I'm great. And John, how are you today? Just fine, Mari. Thank you. We are so glad to be here in the family room. And today we have got a wonderful show. Our topic is on a program that's offered in the church that some people may not have heard before, and it's called Retrovi. You guys heard about Retrovi before? Uh, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice French word there. And it's really a, pr- a practical program to help couples improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help them to reconnect and even restore marriages. And so we have got a wonderful couple here with us today to talk about it. Before we introduce them, though, I'm just curious with you guys. Let's see, John, you and Barb have been married, what, 42 years? 42 years. And Craig, you and Kelly, what is it, 30? 32. 32, yeah, that's great. So when you guys have had any struggles, run into any roadblocks in your marriage, do you have any best ideas, any suggestions on how to overcome them? Don't call your mother-in-law. Oh, that's an awesome one. <laughs> no, that's really good. <laughs> no, I mean, to get quite honestly, we've had the discussion, and I've probably failed at it in some regards, but not getting outside people involved. Yeah. Unless, of course, they're prayerful, they have strong marriages, and they're supportive. Because I know as a guy, you can have conversations with guys at work or outside, and you pile on each other, and you mm-hmm. make it worse because mm-hmm. in my thought of empathizing or sympathizing— it just makes me feel justified in my mm. anger or my yeah. feeling, and it screws everything up. Yeah. Fuels the fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to say, unless they agree with you, then you can call them now. That's true. That's a, good, that's a good point. If anybody agrees with you and your mother-in-law side in particular, then you can call them. Yes. Yeah. No. But but that that when you said that mother-in-law, that whole leaving, cleaving, a lot of people run into problems because they didn't leave and cleave. They're still connected to their family of origin and not really yeah. putting their full focus and attention. Yeah, that's a great one. Thanks, Craig. How about you, John? Always for Barb and me, it's it's never take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. When we get in trouble is when we start taking ourselves seriously, like what, whatever you said meant more than what it, mm-hmm. you know, just that you think too hard about stuff. We're, we're pretty easygoing people, and when we get too serious, that's when we get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the leaving and cleaving was huge for me. The other thing that was huge for me is just recognizing that it may not have anything to do with me, right? So it may just need be that we need a good night's sleep and we'll talk about this in the morning. You know, maybe somebody's hungry, maybe somebody's tired, maybe there's something else going on. So instead of taking it, like you kind of said, instead of taking it personally and blowing it up into something huge, maybe we just need to table it, sleep on it, eat some good food, and um, in the morning it'll look different. Yeah, I did try that with Barb. Like it's got nothing to do with me, and she didn't. <laughs> she didn't buy that. <laughs> Good. Oh well, let's go ahead and welcome this wonderful couple we have into our joy and our humor here. Um, so today we have got Karen and Bob Bot. We thank you so much for being with yeah. us. Um, Karen and Bob are actually. Um, Supporters of the Quest Radio, they are parishioners here in Snellville, Georgia at St. Oliver Plunkett. And we all just learned that St. Oliver Plunkett, there's only one in the whole United States, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. And they have a 
son and three daughters, six grandchildren, and one great-grandchild, which seems very difficult to believe since they look like they're about 35 years old. So <laughs> anyway, so Bob and Karen, we are so thankful. Welcome to The Quest and the family room. Thank you. So we always start here in the family room with, with a prayer. So we're going to ask John to go ahead and open us up in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we approach you, we always approach with thanksgiving, with a great gratitude, a sense of the incredible sovereignty, the incredible providence, and, and the care that you take for our lives. And today, we especially thank you for this time, and we ask you to bless this time, because we're going to talk about marriages, we're going to talk about matrimony, we're going to talk about a sacrament, and things that are good, and things that are difficult, and, and nerves will be exposed, and we just ask, Lord Jesus, that you will pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, so that whatever is discussed might fall on fertile ground. What we hear, we will take to heart if that's appropriate. And most importantly, people who need to walk away with additional hope, with additional resources, with additional just fervor for their marriage, then we ask you to bless us with that. And Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Nice job, John. He always does. John's, John's, John's our there consummate is. prayer. He always Spirit opens works. up really well. I know. I feel the Holy Spirit just yeah. walk in whenever John starts to pray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Bob and Karen, obviously you're married. Yes. Right? Still married? <laughs> 46. 46 years. will wow. be 47 in October. Nice. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So not only are you committed to your marriage, though, but you've also taken on marriage itself as a ministry and kind of looking at marriage beyond just the piece of paper maybe that we tend to get or, or the ceremony. You really looked at it as a sacramental marriage. Um, obviously, a lot of people want to know, well, who the heck are Bob and Karen and how did you get together? Um, how did your love story come together? Where'd you meet? So do you mind kind of diving in and giving us a little more insight into you both? Uh, sure. Uh, we grew up in neighboring towns in Western Pennsylvania. Ouch. And <laughs> uh, I actually um, met Bob when um, I was only 17 years old. It was the summer before my senior year. And uh, he has the story of that pretty down pat because it's kind of a unique um, meeting that we had. Well, I grew up in a town next to Karen's. Karen grew up in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. And I grew up in a little town about 10 minutes from Beaver Falls. It was called Coppel, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was a small town of about 1,100 people, uh, mostly Italian Catholics. Um, it was a safe town. Everybody knew each other. No one locked their doors. Uh, my dad, I never had a key growing up to the house. Uh, my dad left his car keys in the car just in case someone needed a car to use for that day. But it's a steel mill town uh, where I went to school, a Catholic school. You could see the steel mill outside our window. And I would daydream. I would see the baseball field and the steel mill. And I would daydream about the baseball field. You know, and I kept saying, I never want to go work in this steel mill where my dad worked for 45 years. But everybody knew each other in our town. I knew my neighbors. I knew their aunts and uncles and cousins. And it was a safe place to grow up. And um, I don't know if you can ever find an, another town like that. So the first time I met Karen, in our town, it was all about sports. Okay, we played sports, football, baseball, basketball, Steeler fans, Pirate fans. 
We just love sports. <laughs> Bob's looking at me because he knows I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and just threw a jab at me on the air. It's okay. <laughs> Wait a second. Had... I was, you heard it said, ouch, first. I heard that first. That's right. Ouch. <laughs> we had some good Super Bowl teams out of Pittsburgh. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I played a lot of baseball in my life from Little League, the Pony League, Colt League, high school, college. And between my college days, I came back to Coppola and played on this team. It was a Legion team. It was a big three-game series in our town. And the whole town was there, you know, to watch these games. And I was the first batter of the first of three games. I was, you know, leadoff hitter, and I hit a grounder to the shortstop. Shortstop threw it to first. And I know I heard my foot hit the base first, okay? I knew I was safe, and the umpire called me out. And I, or I've never argued a call in my life, okay? And I argued this call. It was a big game. And as soon as I started arguing with this umpire, he threw me out of the game. He says, I want you to get your stuff out of the dugout. I want you off the field into the bleachers. So I put my head down, grabbed all my stuff, and sat beside the girl that I was dating at the time. And I looked at her. And I says, I can't believe this guy called me out. I can't believe this guy called me out. And she says, well, she says, I thought you were out. This is the girl I'm dating. <laughs> so my head's down low, you know, I'm feeling upset. And then I heard this voice behind me saying, I don't know much about baseball, but I thought you were safe. <laughs> I turned around and it was Karen. <laughs> and she's she had took your my breath back. away. Oh, yeah. She, she sure did. And then about, what, a couple months later, we went out on our first date, mm. and I knew Karen was the one. You know, as soon as we went out on that first date, uh, I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her and have a family with her, and you could tell the story now, <laughs> <laughs> the real story. <laughs> no, we just had a magical courtship. We just really um, had a lot of fun together, and we dated for three and a half years and got married in my hometown church with the priest who um, was a family friend. It was perfect. Everything was really just the way I dreamed, and um, we really felt God's presence at that um, mass and um, our family and friends all around. It was magical. And the priest was uh, Karen's mom and dad's best friend, basically. And mm. He, you know, provided the ceremony for us. And it was like uh, we felt God's presence that day. And all we could think about was having a family and live happily ever after. And getting back to my hometown, everybody I saw no one got divorced mm -hmm. in our town. Everybody was happy, and I really thought that's what that, my marriage should be. So that's the perfect segue, because I'm thinking 1976? Did I do the math 75. right? 75. 75. Yeah. Oh. So 1975, it's October. It's beautiful in western Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. The colors and all the trees, the presence of God in there. You're, nobody gets divorced. So paint the picture. What did you expect from marriage on in October of 1975? Mm-hmm. Well, I expected to have the same kind of marriage that my parents did. Um, I'm the oldest of eight children, went to Catholic school, never missed Mass, never missed a holy day. It was all about the family, and we were very happy. They were strict with us, had a lot of rules, but uh, I expected that my marriage would be just like that. I expected marriage to be like a magic carpet ride. 
because I growing up, I didn't see anybody argue. I didn't see any divorce. Everyone seemed happy. And I thought, this is going to be one nice romance magic carpet ride. And that's what I thought it was. I just thought it was going to be happiness and fun. I didn't think there was going to be any issues. <laughs> Nobody was going to pull on that magic carpet and let no, I just let the thread just, pull. Camelot. It, it was going to be Camelot. <laughs> just glide and glide around and be happy. That's what I thought it was. That's all I witnessed growing up. Yeah. Wait, you mean that's not how it is? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so what did surprise you about marriage? And then, of course, with marriage also comes children. So as you moved along in your marriage, obviously there were things that surprised you about marriage that weren't exactly like the magic carpet ride you expected. And then becoming parents can be challenging as well. So what did you, what did you start to face and how did those challenges you start to face impact your relationship and this beautiful Camelot that you had created? I was surprised that um, it wasn't that way, that Bobby did not stop playing sports and having fun on his own like we he did all his life. I expected that he would kind of morph into my dad. And <laughs> we had three children by our sixth wedding anniversary. We faced a lot of challenges, financial challenges and, and just the expectations that I had that weren't being met. And it, I started to feel a little bit of uh, disillusionment in, in my wonderful Prince Charming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it would be romance forever. You know, that our, you know, we came back from our honeymoon and it was great, you know, coming back and just the two of us. And then you throw our jobs in, you know, now we have mm -hmm. demanding jobs. And then next thing you know, we have our first child, the second, third, and fourth. And now the focus is more on the kids and mm. not me like it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept wanting that attention. I think I, I grew up with wanting attention and Karen's attention were the kids and mm -hmm. I understood that so that was my kind of disillusionment it went from romance to disillusionment and that's where I was kind of getting a little squirrely yeah but you didn't argue the call and get thrown out of the game so you're still in the game still in the game <laughs> and try to get our way through it was tough when the kids come along and our jobs and I was going to night school at the time uh, I, you know, when we got married, I had an associate degree. Then I decided to get a bachelor's degree. So I was going to night school like two nights a week, plus trying to play sports. I still wanted to play sports. Mm -hmm. My friends kept saying, hey, Bob, we need somebody for the baseball. We need someone for basketball or golf. So I was trying to balance sports, you know, caring, jobs, the four children and their activities. And it just got to the point where I one day, I think Karen's going to throw all my sports stuff over the hill. <laughs> I did threaten that one time. <laughs> there was a bonfire. I, I actually, I had a friend who, um, she cut, her husband spent so much time on his computer, so it's not sports, but computer. She went and she cut all the wires in the back of his computer. This is back in the day where we didn't have Wi-Fi and things, and she got so frustrated. She didn't throw his computer out the window, but she just took big scissors and cut all of the cords wow. behind his computer. Right, but that drove him crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what, I, what I think is interesting though is the honesty of 
uh, the two of you coming into a relationship with very different views of what it was supposed to be. And I don't know about you all, but, you know, marriage prep never really drilled down on any of that kind of stuff. It was pretty much like you go to church. Are you not? sleeping together are you doing this okay you're going to keep doing it? yeah great okay here's your certificate and move on and nobody says so what are you going to do bob when mm-hmm. or you know what are you going to do karen when they never I mean, asked us those no. questions no and then you get kind of slapped in the face and you're like why today does everybody walk away because i'm done that was too hard whatever because you're not prepared for it right and we wouldn't have wanted to hear it anyway right. because kid, we were yep. so in love. Yeah. yeah. And we just had that vision of our life was just going to be full of love. Like being forever. on the magic carpet ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also like the fact that you guys both said, and my expectation was based on what I saw with my parents, right? Yeah. Bob was supposed to become the way my dad is, not thinking about the fact that your dad probably wasn't a star athlete and played all these sports and was used to that, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so we expect all of that, that they are going to be like my own parents or my own mom or dad. And I remember my mom telling me one time, your husband is not going to fulfill every one of your needs and you need to recognize that. And only now as a grown up, as more of an adult and looking at, I realize only God can fulfill all my needs. I think that was a big issue back then because I want our kids to grow up this way. And Karen wanted the kids to grow up this way. I want Christmas to be done this way. Karen wanted Christmas. It was like, we're so different. Our parenting styles were so completely Mm. different. I was very much raised with a lot of discipline Mm -hmm. and I felt that that was very important Mm. and that structure and those rules. And I grew up, my parents would say, you know, see it, you know, early in the morning and we were gone out playing with the other kids. She says, just come home for lunch and dinner. And when the street lights came on, when the street lights came on, we had total freedom. I mean, we just, we did everything. We built tree houses and, you know, we, we did everything. And Karen was brought up so different, very, like she said, structured and uh, discipline, you know, homework. Karen had to be home for homework. Us, we just did our thing. So it was different than trying to blend that together. It was very difficult. And so what happened? It sounds like there were some things that started to happen because of your different parenting styles or not, not because of them, but that your different parenting styles kind of uh, were even more acute and you were more aware of them as you went along as your kids got older and that type of thing. We didn't (laughs) fight a whole lot, but we blamed each other a lot, Ah. sometimes verbally, sometimes non-verbally. And... Uh, we ended up having um, a lot of trouble with a, a rebellious son, our our oldest son, our only son. Mm-hmm. And that became a very big problem, not just for him, but the way I wanted to handle it and the way Bob wanted to handle it were completely different. He felt that I was being too strict with him, and that's why he rebelled, and I thought that his easygoing attitude was just fueling that Mm. rebelliousness. And he ended up as a teenager getting into um, some drug abuse, got in with the wrong crowd. It became just the most heart-wrenching and difficult thing I ever thought I'd go through as a mother. Mm. Um, And I just kept asking God, what did I do wrong? How can I make it right? And 
nothing was really working. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, Kelly and I have had the same discussion when kids, I mean, it could be something as simple as bad manners once in a while. And you turn, you look at each other and say, what did we do? What did we do? Mm -hmm. Forgetting that God gave us, gave us these individuals with their own hearts, their own minds, their own thoughts, their own actions. And yeah, we're there to help, but they're going to go do their own thing based on their spirit and based on their direction mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, blaming doesn't, re doesn't really do anything. Mm -hmm. So you kind of parsed it out and said, okay, now we're looking at each other, pointing fingers. We got all these things going on. And then Retrovice shows up. How did God put that into your life? How did you know that that was something at that point in time in that space you needed that or well, wanted it, should say? It was it was quite a while later when we got into um, finding out about Retrovive. We we went through a lot of challenges. We won't go into all of them, but it, it took years. And really, it was until the children were out of the nest oh, wow, okay. and we were empty nesters that those struggles that we stuffed down a lot of our feelings um, and a lot of the, that blame. But we started to really grow apart. He had his interests. I had my interests. When, when we found out about our son's drug abuse, I basically shut down. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I, you know, growing up, my parents said, never air out your dirty laundry. So mm -hmm. basically I just shut down and the magic carpet ride just crashed. Mm. So I, I just, Karen wanted to go counseling and I didn't want to do that. You know, I just kept saying it's going to work its way out. Mm -hmm. So the longer I stayed quiet, um, the wall built up between the two of us mm -hmm. and it kept getting thicker and taller, the mm -hmm. brick wall. Right. Uh, and it just eroded that, um, relationship that we had had in the beginning. And, uh, we did end up reaching a very, very low point. And this was as empty nesters where we didn't know if we could get it back. And, um, we ended up going to a marriage counselor because we were that close to giving up on each other. And, um, also, I had remembered in the back of my mind when I was in a uh, Stephen ministry training that one of um, the fellows in our group talked about Retrovine. I had never heard about it, just kind of filed it away. And while we were going through marriage counseling, we picked up a church bulletin and there was a, a notice that there was a weekend was coming up and we decided that we should try it. And we did. That's cool. So when I'm I'm listening to you, I'm listening to your story, and I'm thinking about what you just said as far as, okay, we're going along, we're on the magic carpet ride, things start to pile up, right? Different things start to happen, some disillusionment, some real life issues with kids, et cetera. And um, then you're in the empty nester phase. And it seems like, as I'm thinking about because I'm an empty nester now, um, we are actually all three are empty nesters at this point. And it seems like when you're in the phase with the kids at home, you can, can still be operating because you're so busy with them yeah. and kind of ignoring this huge wall that's grown up, right? And then all of a sudden, the empty nest phase, everybody else is gone. You have to, you can only look at each other at that right. point. Was that part, is that what you see too, that a lot of couples end up, this is when they realize it's time for a retrovive because they're empty nesters and there's nowhere else to put their energy and their effort or to look at than each other. Absolutely, Maura. You hit the nail on the head because 
those distractions mm. of going through your family times and, and just having those other avenues yeah. that um, kept us together, yeah. all of a sudden those were gone. Mm. And we just realized that we didn't have much left between we, us. We didn't know each other. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, who are you? Yeah. Uh, it was just tough. So the kids could the kids could be on either side of the wall, right? And if they were on your side of the wall, something was going on. Yeah. On your side of the wall, something was going on, right? Yeah. But then when there was none of that, all that was left was the wall. Yeah, I'd yeah. climb up a ladder, look over the wall, and say, "Who is that on the other yeah. side?" Yeah. Of the wall? And you'd have to want to do that because yeah. climbing up the ladder ain't necessarily, you know, on the agenda for any given day. We're like a couple of minutes away, I think, from uh, having to take a little break here. But you made the decision to go to retrovide. It felt like. There are no coincidences, right? You you had it kind of in the the, the seed was planted. Then it's in it's in um, the bullet, and you guys know it's time to do something. You don't know who this person that you got on a magic carpet with, and it's yeah. crashed. Now who this is, and and it's not your dad. So you go to Retrovi, and and we'll come back out of the break and spend a little bit more time. But is the, what was the first thing you remember about Retrovi that kind of was like that was like life changing? Well. <laughs> Our marriage was in ashes at the time, uh -huh. okay? I, w I knew I had to do something, you know? So I agreed with, to Karen that I would go to Retrovi. And when I walked in that room and saw 35 couples mm. sitting there, I'm thinking, wow, you know, there's, there's others out there, uh -huh. you know, like us. And they all had different issues to be there. It could be communication. It could be a lot of different uh, issues. But as the weekend pro progressed, um, you know, I felt when, when I got there, I was very tight. I was nervous. Um, my heart was pounding. And then that was Friday night. And then as the weekend went along, you know, I just felt at ease. You know, I felt like hope. You know, mm. I was hopeful that this could work. Uh, I saw like a path to go through the minefield without getting blown up. It was a template. If I followed this template, you know, we could succeed in this marriage. The testimonies that I heard, because mm -hmm. there's uh, three presenting couples and a priest, and all of their stories just made me realize they had healed from issues that were just as bad, if not worse, than what we had gone through. And I saw that glimmer of hope and it just made me want to really try harder. I heard um, just a couple of days ago, this is, I didn't make this up, but HOPE, the H-O-P-E, the acronym for HOPE, hearing other people's experiences mm -hmm. is just so helpful. And that's how Jesus taught with, yep. with stories. That's great. So listeners, if you are just joining us, you've been hearing from Karen and Bob Bott. Please join us after the break to hear more about them and their marriage and retrovive. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Healthcare providers should care about health, right? Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's healthcare services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not healthcare. Abortion kills. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States. 
with 700 abortion facilities, and in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 innocent American lives. This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. We're here with Bob and Karen Bott talking about their marriage experience and how Retrovite helped them in their marriage. And before we get there, though, as this is the family room, we always like to find out people's favorite family room experience. Now, it could be when you were growing up, could be with your current family, could be as your empty nest right now. I know you've thought about it. Bob's got a look on his face. (laughs) What was your favorite family room memory? The favorite is when the kids were young. Okay, when we were living in in Pennsylvania, uh, I got a bonus check, and we decided to put that into an in-ground swimming pool. Okay? Wow. So we built this in-ground swimming pool in our backyard, and we spent the best times of our lives with our kids uh, in that swimming pool with uh, family get-togethers, um, kids' softball teams and volleyball teams and baseball teams and uh, our family reunions, Karen's side, my side. Our whole life was built around that swimming pool. Awesome. That's very nice. We even heated it so that we could get a little bit more time out of it because, you know, (laughs) Pennsylvania is not Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) And we did not skate on it in the the wintertime, but... uh, 
I can it was still picture, great memories. I can still picture Karen. Uh, lunchtime, she would have the radio, like a little radio, and a bucket of like cold drinks, and walk. You had to walk up maybe. 25 yards get to the pole and the telephone that <laughs> she had to plug in is one of those rotary phones okay yeah. so she would take the phone up there so you know in case i need to talk to her i could call her you know she'd be up on the phone and i can just picture that and the kids would be following her like little ducks <laughs> yeah, karen would be the first one a little... it was great memories yeah that's a great one that's is very good. cool that is very cool so um before we went to the break well, I took the bridge from the break till now was hope. Like one of the great tools the devil uses is to make us believe we're the only people in the world who struggle with whatever it is we're struggling with, right? So you guys got called to Retrovi. It had a profound impact on your marriage. But some of us are like Retrovi. What is that? We kind of charged into this like everybody knows what Retrovi is, and I bet we don't. Can you kind of give us a overview? Yes, it's a, a ministry founded in the Catholic Church, and it's a, a weekend program, and that's the beginning. And then it's followed by uh, six weeks of um, more instruction of how things we learn, how to understand one another better, how to learn how to communicate um, with one another and forgive one another. It's a lifeline. Our our logo is is a, a cross with a, a lifesaver on it and a rope. And if a couple is looking for healing, they can get it there. It takes work. A marriage that has broken down over five, ten, thirty-six years. It's not going to get healed in one weekend, right? Mm -hmm. but um, it became something that we were able to grab onto and just delve into all the struggles that we had had, figure out what had happened, how to understand where the other one was at that time and forgive. And it had to be good enough. That hope had to be more than just a glimmer to, cause you said it. Right, Karen, it's, you don't fix it in a weekend. So it had to be good enough and powerful enough mm -hmm. that you just kept going. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Right. Well, what I found was, um, you know, I read some books before, you know, like maybe six months before we went to Retrovire Weekend, trying to figure it all out. But when we went to the weekend, there's a template, a template of to, to be successful in your marriage if you work it. And that's what I was begging for. I was just begging mm -hmm. for something that worked. Okay, and I couldn't find, you know, I searched different religions. I searched for saying all these different rosaries and novenas and trying to get my life back in balance again. But when I went to that weekend and they showed me this template, and if I just follow this template and do the work, you'll succeed. Yeah. And uh, we grabbed onto that lifeline that weekend and we put work into it. It's, it's not. You know, if you want something in life, you got to work for it. And we work for our marriage yeah. um, on that weekend. 
and the post sessions. And retrovive, so in, in French, um, it means re, well, in French, literally, it's like refined, but I know you've got another, how do you say it? It's a rediscovery. Rediscover, yeah. So mm -hmm. rediscover, refine that sacrament that you, you were blessed with. I mean, you did such a beautiful job of painting the picture of your marriage and how God was there. You felt God there, but it sounds like over the years with everything that happened, um, just life for like for all of us that sometimes we can't find anymore what that original we can't rediscover we don't re we haven't discovered or we need to rediscover what was originally there yeah yeah I felt like God kind of abandoned me mm. I don't know about Karen Karen was always there with God you know during all the tough times she was always praying and praying and you know always there her faith never wavered mind wavered okay <laughs> but um sometimes you know we have to go through you know the tough times to get to the good times yeah and we went through some bad times and and we're at a good place but it keep we got to keep working at it right right keep working it's interesting it. though your, your last comment you know god seemed far away yeah but the image i get is you know you're in the sun the sun's beating down on you and all of a sudden you have weeks of clouds the sun's still there right the sun yeah. is always there the yeah. sun's always shining but there's a cloud that you know is is blocking that that's mm -hmm. that light but it makes you yearn for that light even more when it's not there when you mm -hmm. don't take it for granted anymore and it just feels to me and it seems to me like Gotta kind of let that cloud get there to kind of be like, hey, yeah. come on, we, we, we I'm going to show you the light here. I'm here, yeah, and all those prayers you did, all the rosaries you did, yeah. where you said, "Well, that that wasn't the solution," yeah. but maybe that was what led you to the solution too. You know, the whole idea of you put your effort in there, you stayed right. faithful, and in the revelation of God showed you both. Here's what real love is: yeah. not the magic carpet ride, and not Lancelot, and not all these things, but real love. I guess is the birth of the hard work is the birth of the effort, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and so and I'm sure a lot of what Craig just said is part of what you learned at Retrovice. So for you specifically, you know, obviously now it's made such an impact that your speakers at Retrovice. But what did what did you learn from Retrovice? What were some of the things that you learned that really helped impact your marriage, um, taught you about marriage, and uh, impacted where you are today? I learned that, we learned that um, love is more than a feeling, love is a decision. Yeah. And love, when you start out, it's like infancy. It's like we're babies. But to grow in your marriage journey, you have to develop that love into a mature love that also encompasses forgiveness mm -hmm. and uh, tolerance for each other. We learned a lot about intimacy in marriage and just what breaks it down. Mm -hmm. And then we also learned how to build it up again. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, one of the first um, post sessions we went to, there was a house that was completely destroyed by a hurricane. Mm -hmm. And that was a good vision for me to, you know, a visual to look at, our marriage was this broken down house. Mm -hmm. And through the whole program, they're teaching you how to build this house on a solid foundation right. yeah. oh, and wow. build it with good tools and solid, you know, make it a solid house. 
And it was just eye-opening for me. Like, I, I didn't know, you know, that marriage took this much work. <laughs> you know? Well, our marriage did anyway. <clears throat> well, uh, any good marriage does. They yeah. really do, mm -hmm. yeah. It's kind of like physics. You know, you can't create or destroy energy, only change it. It's, marriage is going to take work, probably the same amount of work. And that can be steady work over 40 years, mm -hmm. or it can be... I had I let it go and now I got a lot of work to make up, right? Mm. But right. but it's all work. And yes. I just wanted to see Karen laugh again. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to laugh and giggle and you know just have fun together, and we lost it. You know, they say when the laughter goes, mm. the marriage goes. Yeah. And the laughter went away, and we were just trying hard to get that laughter back in our marriage. You know, and that's why we want you here talking today because I think there's some listeners out there who feel that same thing, Bob, who mm -hmm. feel like, I remember what it used to be yeah. like. I, I miss that. I miss yeah. the joy. I miss the laughter. I miss the, the twinkle in the yeah, eye. The what, all of yeah. that, right? Because we know the evil one wants to destroy marriages because <laughs> it, marriages and families are the foundation um, yeah. of the church. And yeah. Well, when we found out, well, Karen mentioned this to me about Fatima, mm -hmm. you know, when the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to Lucia, yeah. she said the final battle between the devil, the evil one, Satan, yeah. however you want to call him, yeah. against God is going to be marriage and family. Exactly. And you look all around, yep. it's we're being attacked. The battle cry mm -hmm. has, has begun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I hope, like you said, though, when you look around and you see other people in the battle, um, you're battling together gives you hope. Yeah. And I think the simple fact that if we really believed and trusted our faith, that Christ overcame Satan, Mm -hmm. And that Mary is the lead of crushing. And as mm -hmm. we, we did an interview with Father Altier in his book, and he kept talking about how, um, you know, Mary crushes the head of Satan. Well, it's already happened, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of, um, I'm looking at you, Bob. It's a matter of us as guys, though, a lot of times step, stepping up and saying, yeah, you're not coming into my garden anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. right. you're done. You're not going to tempt my wife. You're not going to tempt me. Yeah. And. Yeah, John says, you know, we're going to war, right? Battle yeah. rage. Yeah, we're going yeah. to take the leadership mm -hmm. role, the family, and take control. These poor women are tired. They've been taking yeah. the lead for us for a exactly. long time, and it's about time we stopped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the question is, um, you know, you brought it up, and it's interesting because as guys, we always want a plan. <laughs> at least some of us do. John's great at creating the plan, following the I plan, like building the house. I like blueprints. <laughs> I have to hire John for the plan. But it sounds like when you went through Retrovi, they gave you a plan, or you called it a template. Yep. So could you talk a little bit more about, like, that toolbox, what's in there? Yeah. Um, Don't give away any secrets, though. No. <laughs> so, you know, you go through the weekend, and the weekend is a priest and three married couples that have gone through Retrovi. So you have your weekend, and then after the weekend, it's like the nuts and bolts, okay? It's like your toolbox is the post sessions, and there's mm -hmm. six of them. And it's sort of like an athlete. You know, you can learn a little bit about the sport, but then you have to have a coach oh, and yeah. learn some of the fundamentals. <laughs> so the post sessions were eye-opening for me. You know, we learned about, um, you know, masks, you know, people wear masks. We learned about uh, love languages. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had a love language. I didn't know Karen had a love language. <laughs> we learned about the personalities. I didn't know my personality was outgoing, happy-go-lucky guy, you know. And, you know, Karen's more detailed and uh, structured. I didn't know all that stuff. So the post-sessions 
or eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, the one was on intimacy, uh, how to create intimacy, and how you can destroy intimacy. And we now do that talk. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, we do a few other talks, too. Mm-hmm. But the more... <laughs> Well, can you think of any other and ones? The family of origin, oh, the, family. the family of origin was really um, a very powerful one, too. Yeah. And how we develop different values and ideals as we're you know, forming ourselves as individuals and how those might be way different from one another than how to understand where the other one's coming from. I use that word understanding a lot when we're in our doing our talks, because to me, that's the key. Once we understand one another better, we're able to move forward and heal. And the one that impressed me was married singles lifestyle. I didn't know what married yeah. singles lifestyle was. Mm. And it could be playing sports, it could be your job, it could be your career, you could be volunteering, kids. So it means that you're married, but you're acting yeah, like you're single. Like, exactly, yeah. that was powerful, that, yeah. that post session. Folks, if you're just joining us here uh, in the family room and we're speaking with uh, Bob and Karen Bott about Retrovi. So you said that you guys have been blessed and witnessing some miracles. Can you share some of those without belying confidences? Absolutely. Well, one of the just general miracles that we see every time we present on a weekend is the couples walking in and sitting down. They are very apprehensive and they're very, their body language is very closed and they're not really, there's no eye contact between them and they just are very, very stiff and they're listening, but you you just can see that they just don't know if they can really, you know, put a lot of faith in this. By Sunday afternoon, we see a big difference in the couples, uh, the way they're interacting with one another. They're smiling at each other, they're holding, they're holding hands, hands or arm around a shoulder. Yeah. We see that laughter, all, all the time. Laughter. <laughs> um, a very specific story uh, that ha- happened a few years ago was a couple that came to Retrovi on a weekend and they had requested when they registered, they requested uh, separate rooms because they were divorced. Wow. They had been divorced wow. uh, for several years. I'm thinking six or seven years. They wow. had been married for uh, four, 14 and they had gone their separate ways, but yet they had two children. So they still had some contact with one another. And over the years, they both saw changes in one another as they worked on themselves. And the children were now grown and they had asked the mother to go with them on a vacation that their dad had planned. And he said, yes, I'd like you to come. You know, we'll have separate rooms. It'll just be, you know, some good family time. Nothing more than that. And they spent so much time together on this vacation, just reconnecting, rediscovering Uh what they used to have, that they actually started seeing one another on little dates here and there and wondered if maybe they could get what they once had back. Mm. They decided to come to Retrovi, and they went through the weekend, and we stayed in touch with them. 
And the rest of the story. It's so cool to watch miracles, yeah. right? <laughs> and um, we're together one night, and I get a text message, and I see this couple standing under the Eiffel Tower in France, married again. Oh my they God. They're on their honeymoon Aww. in France. And to see that picture, it was like, wow, you know, God has really blessed this ministry. You know, it's, we give the glory to God there. And then the other, there's so many other miracles. I don't know if we have time for another sure, one. Sure, please yeah, tell us yeah. another one. You know, start and I'll finish. Well, there, was, <laughs> there was a couple that came, that came, they were an older couple. They were even older than us, believe it or not. <laughs> and no. the husband uh, was kind of like, um, kind of like a grouchy old bear. You know, he just was very rough and tough. And the wife was kind of meek. And you could see that it was a struggle for them to to go through this program. But they hung in there with it. And we also stayed in touch with them after the weekend. And uh, they, they they came to everything. They came, they came to everything. Anything that was offered through the community, they were there. And uh, we found out at one meeting that they came to, one of the, our support meetings, that uh, he had been diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And it seemed pretty uh, serious, and uh, they weren't sure how long he had to live uh, and then the wife did contact us um, probably about six months later that he had passed. And she said that those last months that they had together were worth everything that they had gone through before that. Mm-hmm. To have that time that they were back to being connected and had that love back in their lives. And he um, asked his daughter uh, to please uh, attend a Retrovi weekend. He, this was one of his dying wishes uh, because she and her husband were having some struggles. And they showed up at a weekend. And they introduced themselves to us. We didn't know. And they introduced us as the daughter of so-and-so. And it just, like, took our breath away. Mm-hmm. It was like... Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that people want to pass on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and God wants people healed. He wants them healed. And, and in that case, he, that gentleman wasn't physically healed, but that sacrament was healed. Mm -hmm. And like you said, his wife now has amazing, wonderful memories Mm -hmm. and another family has been healed because of that. Also, that's so gorgeous. Can we have one quick one? If that's sure. Yeah. yeah. Please tell us one more about the barn. Oh, we have um, sharing at the um, on Sunday of the weekend if people want to share, and there's actually two two things. The wife said she felt as though she had been like a wild horse in a barn in her marriage. She felt so closed in and so um, she just didn't feel as though she could be herself. After at the end of the weekend, she said, I feel like I've been let out into the green pastures and I'm just galloping and I enjoying the sunshine and the trees and the grass. And I feel free and I feel so hopeful. Mm -hmm. And then one other one, um, a gentleman stood up and he said, my wife and I have been married for 15 years. And I feel as though I have learned more about my wife this weekend than I have 
for the 15 years we've been together. Wow. Wow. And that goes to one of the things that you mentioned was that it's not just the weekend, mm -hmm. that there are these tool, these um, classes you go to after the weekend. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you mentor the couples as well, some one-on-one. -on -one. And you mentioned this earlier when we were talking before the show, you mentioned that if you stick to the plan, if you stick to the program, the success rate is over 80%. 80. Of marriages being healed. Yes. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. That's incredible. So speak to those couples who think, I don't know if retrovise for us. What kind of encouragement? We've got a couple of minutes left. What kind of encouragement would you give? I would say, you know, in marriage, uh, we we eventually get into that um, disillusionment stage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say, you know, try to get to a retrovive weekend and you don't want to go into that misery stage. Right. Uh -huh. Okay. You want to, you know, the disillusionment stage is max, but once you get into the misery, it, it gets bad. Right. And if, if you want that reawakening, if you want more, if you feel as though the joy is gone from your marriage and you want to get it back, you can get it back if you are willing to work at it. God wants us to be happy. God wants us to have that joy. Yeah. yeah. We, this is, we, we're going to wrap up here in a second, but we've heard, we've done several uh, things now, and, and God gives us the grace the day that we say our vows. Every ounce of grace we need for the entire life is there, and it's just a matter of he, His desire is that we take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who should actually come to a Retrovi weekend? Any couple who is looking for more joy in their marriage who has either had a problem, a crisis, or not, looking for better communication, better connection, a reawakening of that love that they once had. That's Any great. couples welcome. So are there any weekends coming up? If there are, how do people sign up for them? We have a weekend starting September 30th that goes to um, October 2nd. The way to sign up is go to our website, which is helpourmarriage.org, and click on the Atlanta community, and you can register. We have a phone number, which will be in the show notes yep. for uh, people to actually call. We're also going to leave our uh, email address if anybody wants to email us personally and has any questions. Right, Great. so to recap for our listeners, it's September 30th through October 2nd. You can register at www.helpourmarriage.org. And if you listen after the fact to our show, it'll be in the show notes. You have all the information there as well. That's perfect. And anybody can come. You don't even have to still be married. You can be divorced. You don't have to be Catholic. Anybody's welcome, right? That is correct. That's great. We are so thankful that you were here with us today. Would you do our listeners the honor of praying for them and for their marriages? Okay, we're going to do a marriage blessing in the name of the Father, oh, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. We thank you, O oh God, for the love you have implanted in our hearts. May it always inspire us to be kind in our words, considerate of feelings, and concerned for each other's needs and wishes. Help us to be understanding and forgiving of human weaknesses and failings. Increase our faith and trust in you, and may your prudence guide our life and love. Bless our marriage, O God, with peace and happiness, and make our love fruitful for your glory and our joy, 
both here and in eternity. Amen. 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 Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Karen and Bob, thank you so much for being with us. Listeners, thank you for joining us in the family room. And join us again next week where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room. Sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.